Hey, all you nature nerds, this is You're Gonna Die Out There. Welcome back, Nature Nerds, to another episode of You're Gonna Die Out There. This is Megan, one of your hosts, sitting across from my other host, Jen. So Uh, good at the intros. We're really good at it. It's like Um, how many, like over 100 episodes and we're still, we don't know what we're doing. We're getting there. It's fine. So Jen, you're going to be talking about some nature nugget newsy stuff today. Yes. I'm excited for that. All right, Megan. And listeners, there was an article that came out, and this was four days ago, and it is all over every news outlet. It says, man survives 31 days in the Amazon jungle by eating worms. Well, there's different stories. Some of them are like, it's kind of funny. They're like, he ate worms and insects and drank his own urine. And then other ones are like, he caught rainwater and ate worms. But all of them are talking about him eating worms. Mm. And I'm like, hey, Got to do what you got to do. Worms are the main course. Yes. So this is actually the one I'm reading from initially is from the BBC. The BBC. I love the BBC. You are really into the BBC. I really am. I really am. They're good. And every time you say it, I want to just be like, maybe say one. Maybe say two. (laughs) But all right. Says a Bolivian man has described how he managed to survive for 31 days in the Amazon jungle after he got lost. His name is Jonathan. It's like J-H-O-N-A-T-T-A-N. Like a like Jonathan, but Jonathan? Yeah. Maybe that's how they do it in Bolivia. Interesting. But it's Jonathan. Ton, T-O-N. Uh, Jonat- or Jonat- T-A-N. Maybe it's Jonathan. Jonathan Acosta. Either way, it's kind of cool. Yeah. Um, 30 years old. He was separated from his four friends while they were out on a hunting expedition in northern Bolivia. He got lost. So he said that he drank rainwater he collected in his shoes. Ooh. He, I know. Like, what kind of shoes are we talking about? (laughs) I mean, you got to do what you got to do. He ate worms and insects and he hid from jaguars and peccaries, which Mm -hmm. is our little pigs, but probably scary little guys. Yeah. He finally found his search party that was some local people that had been looking for him and friends a month after he had gone missing. He says, it's incredible. I can't believe people kept up the search for so long. And he was in tears, of course. He oh, says yeah. his words, I ate worms. I ate insects. You wouldn't believe all I had to do to survive all this time. And he also ate wild fruits similar to papayas. I'm not sure hmm. what they didn't say. Oh, no, they do. Sorry. <laughs> they do say they're called gargateas. Gargateas? That's it's, fine. That sounds perfect. That's good. He said, I thank God profusely because he has given me a new life. His family said that he would still have to piece together all the details of how he got lost and how he managed to stay alive, but they would, you know, give him some time for that because he's very, as they say, psychologically bruised after the experience. Yeah. Absolutely. He lost 37 pounds. So Uh, in that month. All right. I mean, that's, I mean, drinking water out of your shoes. He also had a dislocated ankle and he was very dehydrated, but they said he was still able to kind of get around with a limp. His brother, Horatio Acosta, told the Bolivia's, uh, one of their newspapers, he said, my brother told us that when he dislocated his ankle on the fourth day, he started fearing for his life. Oh no, the fourth day. Yeah, you don't want to get injured. No. This is one thing we know about survival. Yes. And a lot of times people do. 
get it's injured. True. It's true. He only had one cartridge and his shotgun and couldn't walk, and he thought no one would be looking for him anymore. That's what his younger brother said. Jonathan, <laughs> I'm going to say it like that. He did not have a machete or a flashlight on him when he got lost, and he had to use his boots to collect rainwater. So there you go. Probably had some hiking boots. He also told his relatives he encountered wild animals, of course. His younger brother says that he used his last cartridge to scare off a bunch of the peccaries. Oh. How do you say it? I don't I feel like peccary sounds peccaries. right. Peccaries. But they're like little pigs. Yeah. There was a herd of them in the forest. And let me just tell you, I think not just here on Guam, but even in the U.S., mm. like wild pigs are freaking scary. They're scary. Super scary. Like, yeah. the, I think that's the one thing my kids are most scared of. Yeah, I almost I almost pooped my pants one time. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I, was, I was checking these like uh, drift fences uh-huh. for amphibians and reptiles and I heard this sound oh. and I when I tell you that I like dropped to the ground like trying to like really hide I was like because there were no trees that I could climb around uh-huh. and it turned out to be an armadillo oh. and then I felt really stupid armadillo was and like, it was like no 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 <laughs> like armadillo was like I'm big and scary leave me alone yeah but yeah. I I 100% thought it was a, a wild boar oh man yeah I think I've told the story about how some went under the fence and came into our yard. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And crashed and like trying to get out of the fence again, like crashed into the fence and broke it and like ran right past my daughter. And she was crying so hard. Oh, I was God. just like, ugh. Trauma. It was trauma. She's yeah. kind of, she's got a little PTSD from that. But luckily, she was fine. She was okay. Yeah. yeah. After 31 days, he spotted the search party. They say about 980 feet. It's kind of very specific, (laughs) like 300 meters, there you go, away. And he limped toward them through these thorny bushes, shouting to draw attention to him. His brother said he was found by local people. A man came running to tell us they'd found my brother. It's a miracle. He has decided to give up hunting for good, he said. After this, he's like, thanks, but I'm good. He just gets an apartment in the most busy city ever. He's like, city life is the life for me. His brother said he's going to play music to praise God. He promised God that, and I think he will keep his promise, he Hmm. said of his guitar playing brother. So I guess he likes to play music. That's nice, yeah. And now he's like, thank you, Jesus. (laughs) I'll be playing music. I'm alive. Yeah. The police said they will question his friends of, you know, to figure out what happened. Well, yeah, okay. It does sound a little shady. I mean, that he was with three other people. Like, they're like, hey, we'll carry all the supplies. You go over here mm-hmm. and just hang out for a minute. We'll come by and get you. And they just like peaced out. I mean, maybe he just wandered off by accident or something, but. Right, right. So I guess he was reported missing on January 25th. So that's been a, yeah. Mm. In helping like the guys who were, the local guys who were looking for him mm-hmm. said that they had a specially trained dog named Titan that helped find him. Which I kind of love that. From another article, there was a few more details I wanted to throw in. They said it was actually rubber boots that he collected water in. And it got really dry at a time. And he had to drink his own urine. I mean, it happens. And then he said, I asked God for rain. And if it hadn't rained, I would not have survived. He had walked about 25 miles all in total with his messed up ankle. And... As he put it, he had to, well, he said he had to fight with a pig, but that's probably when he used his his cartridge. But just kind of like, just to reflect back, I don't know if any of you guys remember that we talked about, we did a whole episode on Yosi Ginsburg. Yeah. Remember, he survived for three weeks in the Amazon in 1981. 
So with him and his friends and the two people he was with, they never found them. And there's a movie called Jungle with Daniel Radcliffe. Hey. So just, I don't know what episode that was or what we called it. I remember, uh, yeah, I'm trying to remember what we did call it, but it, yeah. I think it was a regular episode. I feel like we've we somehow like talked about Harry Potter. If there's, I mean, because Daniel Radcliffe, yeah, I feel yeah, like we, yeah. we, so it's probably got some kind of Harry Potter theme. It's totally possible. <laughs> there was also in Brazil, just some other survival stories. There's a pilot, Antonio Senna. He survived 38 days in the Amazon after he crash landed in 2021. And then I think I talked about this maybe in a, like a news type thing that there were two brothers age seven and nine that were rescued after spending almost 25 days lost in the Brazilian Rainforest. Yes, I remember you talking I don't about remember that. when we talked to it. It might have been the same episode as Yosi Gitzberg. I can't remember. It's possible. But yeah, those two little kids, they didn't eat anything. They just drank rainwater. They just figured it out. You know, uh, you're talking about a dog that helped track down. Uh-huh. And it made me think, I was like, isn't the double nose dog? I think I did a science news on this double oh, nose yeah. dog. They're from Bolivia. Yes. And I'm like, was it that dog? Was it that kind of dog? You I know? don't know. That, anyway. That's just. Those, yeah. Oh, no, we, I talked about it when we talked about Percy Fawcett. Okay. The guy who got lost looking for the lost yeah, city of Zed. Yeah, yeah, Z yeah. Or whatever. That yeah. was it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was We've a Bolivian talked about house. a lot of stuff, you guys. Oh, my God. It just all runs Sometimes together. people talk about things like, you know, just like with friends or work or whatever. They uh-huh. like mention some kind of story. And I'm like, wow, I, I actually remember some stuff from <laughs> yeah. like, why do I know that? Oh, right. Right, because we did a podcast about it. (laughs) Also, so I want to talk about, because I was really interested as I looked at this, I'm like, what did he eat? Like, what exactly? So in the rainforest, and this is coming from this, uh, it's a website called Wet Tropics (laughs) Management Authority. There's like a little blip about... I'm not going to lie. Like you say wet tropics, I'm just like, they just do surfwear or like some... (laughs) Some kind of like oil that helps you tan, but not like a sunscreen. You yeah. Know? It yeah. just smells like coconuts. I mean, it's, yeah. Yeah. So it should be. Wet tropics. It's like, isn't it Hawaiian tropic? It's the yeah. actual. Yeah. yeah. Uh, like wet seal and Hawaiian tropics. They had a baby. Mush it together. There it is. So they talk about that there's three classes of worms you would find in the rainforest. So you mm. would find flatworms, nematodes, like roundworms, and annelids, which are like segmented. I feel like you'd want to eat the annelids because that's like your earthworm. Right. Not the, you don't want to eat the flatworm. You don't want to eat the roundworm. That sounds like a bad idea. Yeah. Those are the (laughs) kind that you, you do that if you want to like lose weight in a real effed up way. (laughs) Yeah. Right. Like they said, models in like the nineties used to do. Right. Right. So gross. So I wondered, was he eating worms? Because I don't think he would have eaten any of those. Right. I think what he was eating were these grubs. Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. Because people look at grubs and say worms, but they those say, are not. Those are no. those are larvae. And they, a lot yeah, a lot of, of people yeah. call them worms. Yeah. So, one of the most famous grubs that people eat in the Amazon and in more a lot of different places are called they have different names. Mm-hmm. In some places they're called surrey and I think in Bolivia what? With the french on top? Sorry. Surrey. No. <laughs> Okay, continue. I think in Bolivia, they are called... Oh, I don't think I wrote it down. It's There's another word for it. I think uh, maybe I'll see it. They say in the world, there are about 2,000 species of edible insects. Oh. That's a lot of variety. Yeah, that's a lot. They're used as food in about 3,000 ethnic groups. 
in more than uh, over 100 countries, like 102 countries. Mm. Okay, And that represents only 0.2% of the million insect species described so far. But I'm sure there's lots more because we need those people. They say that insects are an excellent food alternative in the world. You know, like Mm. this article that I found, which you'll see the links, it's talking about like the benefits of eating insects. Yeah. And I guess there are a lot. They're easy to digest. They, uh, there's a lot of things here. I'll let, I'm not going to go so far down that because I want to talk about one in particular. I, I just want to mention here that like I was having an argument with someone recently about the difference between keratin and chitin. Mm-hmm. And chitin, which is usually found on insects, is closer to like a cellulose, like a plant material than uh-huh. keratin. But I mean, they're sim- they're like essentially the same, right. but different. Because right. like one is animal and one is like a bug kind of thing, but it's closer to like a cellulose, like from plants. Maybe that's why. Maybe. So it's just like fiber. Just re- a lot of fiber. So much fiber. And we know we need fiber. Yeah. So in the Amazon of those, there's about 135 species of edible insects. Mm-hmm. And that represents almost a quarter of the total insect species in the region. So th- I guess there's like, they calculate there's about 60,000 insects. And in, I mean, the Amazon, come yeah, on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's got to be more than that. <laughs> Just packed. Just so many insects. And among those, uh, they say 74% are within four orders. So the coleoptera. Oh, like butterflies. Coleoptera. Thank you. Diptera. Hymenoptera. Hymenoptera. (laughs) Amazing. Anyway, I'm not going to read it. So so a lot of it are different kinds of beetles, whether they're fully beetles or whether they're the larva of beetles. Mm -hmm. And one of the big ones, like like I said earlier, is called Surrey. They call it a worm, but it's actually, like I said, a grub. It's a, this one, this name for Surrey, and it's called different things in different areas, but it's found in, it's very popular in Peru Mm. uh, with the indigenous populations there. So I want you to look at it. Can you just look it up? Just put Surrey. Like, like Surrey? Yeah, S-U-R-I. Oh, okay. S-U-R-I. These grubs are the larvae of the palm weevil. Um, it's also known as cocotero in Peru or larva de palma in Spanish. I mean, that makes sense. Yeah, I see them. And I just want to say that these look exactly like the coconut rhinoceros beetle that I, we have exactly. here in Guam. Yes. Are you trying to say that we need to start a business? <laughs> well, I mean. Frying up cocoa. I'm just yeah. saying. So, I mean, we can, you know, because it is an invasive. Well, and it seems like they're going to be in in a very similar family, right? Yes. Oh, God. Sorry. (laughs) My YouTube just started playing. So, so basically they bore into the same thing as Mm -hmm. someone's here. They bore deep holes into the trunks of this, they call it a a guaje tree, um, which is like a palm kind of tree, right? And then it lays its eggs and then the, they hatch and then you have the grubs. Mm -hmm. They say they nourish themselves on the tree's palm bark. Yeah. And that explains the fatty, greasy nature of the surrey. Oh. It's fatty and greasy. And they also have a slightly sweet taste. It has a pearly white curved body with a black head and two claw-like teeth. And if the surrey aren't harvested, they evolve into a cocotero, which cocoa mm. yeah. reminds me of coconut Coca- rhinoceros yeah, feel. for sure. And then... You know, there you go. You start the cycle over again because then yeah. they lay eggs. I feel like it's like slightly different than the coconut rhinoceros beetle because the ones that bore here are the adults. They do it to like eat the sap. Right. And then they lay the eggs in piles of green waste. Yes. And then 
the right like the larva go into like mm-hmm. what is it three instar stages and then the I just did a lesson on this so it's like on my brain but right it's good yeah times. it's yeah. fun yeah so it's estimated that the indigenous population consumes on average two kilos of surrey per year Dang. so that's one surrey equals ten grams so. If you can do the math. And if you go through the markets out there, you're definitely going to see them on skewers. You can find pictures. Actually, there's going to be a picture associated with this that they're on yeah. skewers. I saw the one. It looks like they've been like fried maybe or like toasted. Uh-huh. They're a little toasty looking. And I'm not going to lie. I mean, the color looks really nice. I mean, I think if you can just get your mind away from the what it is, what it is they mm-hmm. say that it's very popular with tourists and people like go just to try this. And they say it tastes good. They say people, I mean, both tourists and locals, they say that there's like a little bit sweet. They kind of have um, a soft, mushy texture. Oh, no, no. Or crispy when cooked. I'm out. <laughs> I know. I know. It's a texture thing, right? They've been compared to that of a hazelnut, like a fresh hazelnut or the texture of mayonnaise. No. And they've even, some people have even said they taste like Cheetos. Which I'd be into that. Okay, yeah. If they're crunchy all the way through like a Cheeto, I'm down. I'm down. I could handle the Cheeto style, right? I I think I would need the little tiny head removed. Okay, so that I read this other article and it was I don't it was like a guy, somebody visiting, and he that's what he did. He because he was eating them alive, squirming, and he just bit it and took the head off and threw the head away and ate it. Oh god. I couldn't do that. That's like a fear factor thing that I couldn't do. Yeah, Yeah. I mean but fried, like crispy Cheeto style. You could eat anything fried, I think. Or covered in chocolate. I could eat just about Put anything. Put it in a cookie. <laughs> Put it in a cookie. Put it in a brownie. I'll eat it. <laughs> I won't even know. I'll be like, wow, this is the Can best we... brownie ever. Exactly. Blend it and then bake it into something. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. I was just thinking about if I were lost in the Amazon, what would I eat, you know? And I think what I would go for is I would try to find like a whole colony of ants. And then somehow, hopefully I would have something to boil water. And I would like boil water and put the ants in the water to boil them. And then I would just drink it. I just drink, you know what I mean? Yeah. Just like not. But what even if think you can't? It. Like if you're stuck, you don't have any. When you're starving, you just. I think Jen, that is a moment where I just lay down, okay, and I gaze <laughs> up. I gaze up at the the uh, canopy of the Amazon, and I say, "I'm just going to take a nap." I bid you all adieu. <laughs> We're going to take a nap, and you know, if I get up later, I'm just going to take. You'll another be covered nap. in ants. Yeah, I was, something will eat me at some point. Probably. Yeah. And I, you know what? I'd, hopefully, I'm already unconscious by then. I don't know. <laughs> I think I'd be eating some grubs at this point. So, I mean, now that I know what they look like, I'd be like, all right, this is happening. So I guess another thing is they're very nutritious, very, and they have medicinal properties. That makes sense that that would be what he was eating. Yeah. Because it seems like it would have way more nutrition than like, yeah, just around or uh, like a an earthworm or something. I don't think he was eating more. I think this is what he was eating. Yeah. They're very rich in protein at about 62%, they said, as well Damn. as having a lot of fat in them. So it's like a healthy, unsaturated kind of fat. Yeah. Um, and they also have uh, thiamine, zinc, copper, iron. Ni- they're like little multivitamins. Oh, my God. It's like, you know, maybe your doctor would say, like, you should eat these to lower your LDL. Yes. <laughs> Just give you some grubs. They also, uh, for medicinal purposes, are used to help with uh, bronchial infections, especially in kids. Oh. Yeah. Well, I wonder if that helped him with his dislocated ankle a little bit. Maybe. Maybe. They say that, the, you know, on a bigger scale that experts have suggested that they could play a big role in alleviating world hunger. Oh. Because insect eating those is also called entom- 
Mophagy. Oh, yeah, like you're going to eat insects. Yeah, that makes sense. I like that. Entomophagy. I've never seen that before. But in general, it's considered overlooked because, you know. The gross factor. Yeah. But if you just like, yeah, like you said, if you just like blended it all up. If you grew up eating this, it wouldn't Mm -hmm. even be a thing. You know? It's true. So there's even talk or plans to develop renewable sericulture in the Amazon to tap into some of the benefits of eating this. Mm. I don't know what sericulture means. S-E-R-I culture. I don't know. Well, Jen, um, <laughs> I looked it up and uh, it says that sericulture is uh, like silk farming. One thing said it's like when you cultivate mulberry trees and mm-hmm. then you grow silkworms on those mulberry trees to produce cocoons. That's cool. So, yeah, maybe I don't know if it's like it seems like it's just silk farming for silkworms. All right. Interesting. Well, I guess they're looking into all kinds of ways that insects could assist with world hunger or whatever. Yeah. Industry. Industry. Yep. So I read another piece of an article that was talking about how they harvest them Mm -hmm. and that um, a lot of times they'll cut down the whole palm tree. Oh. Like the whole palm, but it, in not such a bad way because they're then they harvest all the larvae and then they use right. the wood because the wood oh, is still good. still good, still good. Yeah, good. it's kind of hollowed out, I think, but it's mm-hmm. however it works for them. So it's the whole process. They have it, especially for those indigenous, you know, groups there, the locals. <laughs> they have it down to an art, of, yeah. obviously. Anyway, I thought that was really interesting. So I don't know what cool. he was eating. But I just wanted to, you know, say yeah. that if you're ever in the rainforest somehow and you get lost because your grubs. friends are just like you jerks. Know, yeah. Or something. Who knows what happened? But look for some grubs. Protein, fat, like it's like a multivitamin. Everything you need is right there. You're good to go. It's it's a it's like mind a over matter. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Right. I'm like, of course, Jen. (laughs) (laughs) You're like, I will totally not. I mean, I might do that. That sounds great. Or I may just lay down and let the forest take me. (laughs) Just envelop me. I just, yeah. Oh, so that's all I had. That was great. No, I like that. That's a nice little. I I was like, I mean, if you look it up, just Google man eating worms. And there's like a thousand like different articles about this guy. And was like, yay, worms. And I'm like, that's what people, a lot of people do that. Yeah. And they're grubs. Yeah. I mean, I've eaten a worm before because we did that. I, I, again, another earlier episode like at we the, talked about. At the end of the, end of the bottle of the tequila, <laughs> that worm? No. Uh, when I was in like third grade, we read How to Eat Fried Worms. And then our assignment was to go home and dig up worms, bring them to school, and then we fried them in class. And I ate one. Oh my god! Yeah, and uh, I mean, it was like fine because it was like fr- it was like real fried. Yeah, same thing with like crickets and grasshoppers and yeah. stuff. You can like fry them. People do that, but you know, I kind of want to do an episode about. I've seen a few articles about recently, mm-hmm. and mostly in Australia, Ooh, Australia, where people like ate swallowed a slug. One swallowed a slug and one also swallowed something like a gecko or something. Uh-huh. One died instantly because he got like crazy. That slug thing. Yeah, 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 yeah. And then another one, he got really sick and it took years and then he eventually died. Oh, my God. Like a slow, terrible well, way to go. Was... And I'm like, 
And they were, it was like a drinking game. Right. Like, I dare you to eat this. Yeah. It's it's like when you were in high school and there there's like that one guy and they mm-hmm. put like every condiment you could possibly ever think of onto a spoon and then like, I bet you can't eat this. And then that yeah. one guy did and then he threw up. Yeah. Yeah. Like that, but, but in a way worse way. Yeah. I was just thinking about that guy who cleaned his sinuses. He used his neti pot, but he didn't use distilled water mm-hmm. or like boiled water. He just used straight tap water in Florida. Oh, in Florida, I, Jen. Florida. I didn't hear about, of course. You didn't hear about this? No. Oh, he died from a brain eating like some kind of amoeba. Oh, my God. It's in the water. That Like if you just drink the water, no big deal because your digestive but he enzymes will kill it. Put it in his nasal passages. But he passages. put it in his nasal patches, passages and it went to his brain. And he died. Was like a flesh eating thing. It was like I think it was called brain eating. I was like, this is brain eating, and you can drink it. That's insane. Yeah. Uh, Nuts. Like I can just swallow a brain eating amoeba. It's fine. And it's fine because you're. Thank you, gut bacteria and enzymes and all the things that destroy all the things. But um, yeah, don't snort it. Oh my. So then it was like then of course all these people who just know better right are like commenting on stuff right like Uh well of course like it says not to use your neti pot without distilled water or like boil your water like why would this guy do that and it's like whatever maybe he couldn't maybe he was like just trying to clear his sinuses right. And he thought it's tap water. I mean, there couldn't be anything that dangerous in how tap you water. Ridicule like someone who died yeah. from something so like random. I feel I feel bad for that guy. It also reminds me of like the time that there was like that guy who jumped in the Alawai Canal in Hawaii, and he got <gasps> oh. the skin eating bacteria. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, you just look in that water and you know, don't go in there. It's real creepy. It is. It's real creepy. Well. Yeah, some more episode ideas. <laughs> <laughs> Just the Alawai Canal. Just that, that, that whole thing. That's, in and of itself. Oh, Jesus Christ. Well, yeah, thanks, Jen. That was great. I enjoyed that story. I'm glad. You're Gonna Die Out There is produced by us, Jen and Megan, and edited by the talented and super nice guy, Jonathan Pillsbury. Thank you, Jonathan. Yay. Yay. Uh, all of this is possible because of an amazing group of Nature Nerd patrons. If you would like to be part of our super cool nerd community on Patreon, just go to our website at you're gonna die out there.com or you can check our link tree on our Instagram page, which is kind of amazing. It is. I'm sorry. But it is. Uh, another way you can support is by leaving us a five star review on Apple Podcast. Uh, if you do, Jen will send you a really kick ass sticker. You just have to send us your mailing address. I will do it if I forget. Hey, if you left us a review and I didn't send you a sticker, send us an email. Let me know. Just let me know. Uh, also, we would love to hear from you. We get a lot of our stories from listener suggestions. A lot. We kind of steal them. All the time. Yeah. Because um, they're so good. So if you would like to do that, go to our website. We have a contact page at you're going to die out there.com or an email. You're going to die out there at gmail.com. And at the beginning of the episode, we give you a shout out. (laughs) Thanks for listening. And until next time, don't die out there. Bye. Bye.